0: Welcome to White Pill Radio, the every other episode version of theology on air that is post-apologetic, ultimately hopeful, applied theology that looks at news and current events with the Christian worldview. Yes, I have to read that. I want to get it right. Oh, I love it. Um, As I like to say, this will be an hour of blessed talk, not happy talk. (laughs) Uh, we aim to dig into the headlines and see what the Christian worldview has to say about them. And today in particular, they're like four for four in terms of spice level. This is like yeah. three chili peppers by, uh, by each one on the menu. <laughs> we've got abortion activists going to jail. We've got a father being arrested for misgendering his own child. Granted, it's in Canada. But still, I mean, it's like the Western hemisphere, yeah. so Our we Our neighbors need to, be, to the north. Yes. Uh, we've got steps to make pornography illegal again. And um, without any irony at all, asking seriously if the Pope is still Catholic. So, yes. <laughs> um, so we have a lot to talk about. So, I'm Evan McClanahan. I'm the pastor at First Lutheran uh, here, and I'm on the leadership team, I guess, with Theology on Tap. Not, I
1: guess. You for certain are. Okay.
0: <laughs> yes. Well, Maybe. you never know. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's tenuous at this best. This just in. <laughs> let's go around and introduce ourselves. We have Juan yeah. Carlos
2: Martinez.
3: Yes, Juan Carlos Martinez. I'm a pastor in the Presbyterian Church in America. Ooh.
2: My name is Julio Rodriguez, and I am currently a student at Reformed Theological Seminary here in Houston, and uh, I plan to get ordained either in the PCA or the OPC. We'll see. We'll see how that goes.
1: Is this your this is your first time being on the podcast? Yeah,
2: it is. Yes, welcome. Yes. I've been to TOT events. Yeah, but uh, but this is the first time actually being on the.
0: You're
1: basically podcast. famous now.
0: Let's you, see. You can have two denominations fighting over you, like arm wrestling or what?
2: <laughs> I guess so. Sure. Okay, I like sure
1: that. catechisming or something.
2: <laughs> yeah, at uh, least two. And who are you?
1: I'm Sarah Stone. Okay. I'm the executive director of Theology on Tap, or as Evan used to call me back in the old days, the Grand Pooba of theology on tap
2: absolutely so the yeah. grand poobah where does that come from the grand poobah it's like an old person phrase. no it, it, comes, it comes from like an opera it's
0: like a rogers and hammerstein opera i think there was a character in like i don't know one of those operas or you know not an opera musical yeah it's yeah. like a grand poobah anyway okay you're the boss you're the boss lady um girl boss <laughs> you're the girl boss
1: yes and, girl powers the, smash the, the patriarchy the modern I'm, joking. I'm
0: joking okay well let's jump in um so this was a story uh, that I think is kind of reflective to some degree of where we are as a culture, which is if you're trying to save life, that's bad. If you're trying to take life, that apparently is good. Um, basically, this is a story from The Washington Post. Anti-abortion activists, including one who kept fetuses, and we'll come back Jeez. to that because they, they, they do want these people to sound as crazy as possible, convicted of illegally blocking D.C. clinic. Uh, Five anti-abortion activists, including a woman who was discovered to have five fetuses in her home, were convicted Tuesday of illegally blocking a reproductive clinic. Reproductive clinic, Mm -hmm. also known as an abortion clinic, Mm -hmm. where they in the lives of... Reproductive. Yeah. In Washington, D.C., the Washington Post reported. Lauren Handy of Virginia was part of a group uh, accused of violating federal law when they blocked access to the Washington Surguy Clinic in October 2020. Hardy and four others... And their names are given. Uh, were all found guilty Tuesday, the post said. As we know, I don't know if y'all know this, but in Washington D.C. these days, you know, relatively conservative people seem to have little hope of being found uh, innocent or what that whatever it is <laughs> yes, they're accused right. of these days. Uh, members of the group known as the Progressive Anti-Abortion Uprising were uh, prosecuted under federal law known as uh, the FACE Act, the Freedom of Access to Clinic entrances, which prohibits physically obstructing or using the threat of force to intimidate or interfere with a person seeking reproductive health services. Um, back up a little bit. The FACE mm-hmm. Act was literally a federal act, uh, you know, brought into being because of Operation Rescue, as I understand it anyway. Operation Rescue was a mid-80s or, or in the ni- a 1980s uh, effort to block entrances I to abortion I participated in this. Yeah. And I thought yeah. I was going to ask you? if your dad... Yeah. yeah. So it was a, um, and and basically, uh, ultimately, uh, the, the the law came down on the side of the uh, clinic that mm-hmm. said if we if we have a right to operate, then people have a right to enter our building. Yeah. And when you have fifty people or whatever, literally blocking an entrance, that's illegal. So they created a whole separate law, the Face Act, to prohibit blocking of entrances. And it looks like some in the you know anti-abortion community are sort of going back. Um, you know, to this this method of trying to block people. It seems Operation Rescue ultimately concluded it was quite foolish because all that happens is good people go to jail. Right. Um, so long as abortion is legal, it will be protected. Um, however, so I'm not necessarily defending by the matter of law what these people are doing. Sure. I mean, yeah, the yeah, law yeah. says they don't have a right to, like, chain themselves together or, you know, link yeah. up and prevent people from entering a building. However... Um, you know, our position as, as those – you know, my position, speaking only for myself, you know, which is that if, if, if life begins at conception and the abortion is the willful taking of an innocent human life, and they are doing this dozens and dozens and dozens of times, you know, a day or a week, it does – this story simply highlights the sort of moral absurdity uh, in, in, in which we're living, where those who are trying to protect life are, are found guilty of crimes, face 10 years in a federal prison – but those inside who are taking life over and over, you know, are, are allowed to sort of get away with it. And it just speaks to what seems to be a, a growing theme of like, you know, double standards of justice, mm-hmm. criminal acts, immoral acts being paraded, being, you know, being, uh, you know, uh, cheered on, being saluted. Um, meanwhile, people who are fighting, you know, what I would consider to be the good fight you know, constantly face this, this uphill battle.
1: Can I ask a question about this? Mm-hmm. Are these, this? I remember this from a year or so ago. Are these the people that found babies that were like one day prior, one day post, it was like right up to abortion and they even maybe had survived. There was something really terrible. Like yeah. they, they didn't start by blocking entrances they started by making this awful discovery right they were like in the oh they were looking in the dumpster yes it's that story Mm -hmm. right so
0: i i don't know if it's the same group to or not but let's go back to the headline, which I said I wanted to revisit, which yeah. is sure, anti-abortion activi- activists, including one who kept fetuses. They th- – of course, that's what I would call poisoning the well, right? Yeah. They, they want you to think of some – well, what crazy nut job keeps right. fetuses? Well, Kermit yeah. Gosling did, you know, the, the, the sure, guy right. in, in Philadelphia who committed the most grotesque abortions imaginable. Right. He had like many of them. Yeah. Um, they they argue and it's right at the end of the article where basically what what they claim is that yes they did find human remains that are well what are they, what are they going to do with human remains I mean if we're being honest if we're going to talk about the issue they abort children they take these human remains they might sell them to planned parenthood mm-hmm. as that poor guy discovered and now he's facing you know federal jail time well, sure, yeah. Be
3: fair I mean it's not human remains it's fetuses
0: Yeah uh, right? right Yes fetus is the Latin word that yeah. means <laughs> child Anyway yes um but yes, um, so they they find these remains and they want they might want to use them as evidence of a crime. For yeah. example, oh well, this child is clearly you know seven months along, and the law says only up to second trimester or something. Well, that's in the third trimester. If memory or,
1: serves, they were very well formed.
0: Yeah, like they looked oh, yeah. like
1: babies.
0: Right, and and um, the picture yeah. that accompanies this article, they're all holding you know dead baby posters basically. The you know the the graphic images right. of a post aborted child. And um, there was a great debate that Justin Briarley actually hosted years ago, if you can find it. It was between someone who argued, this was in England, argued for the use of aborted fetus imagery in protesting abortion versus someone who basically ran the British equivalent of Planned Parenthood. And his point was, well, if you think these pictures are grotesque, well, what are you doing in your own clinic? Yeah. You know, I'm only showing the world what's going on behind the wall, mm-hmm. right? Why is it, why is it that what I'm doing is the grotesque one because I'm showing pictures of dead babies, um, which I thought was an incredibly valid point. Yes. Um, and and the the equivalent that I might make is something like Emmett Till, like who still is getting play. He's still getting pictures made, right? He was the young black man who was accused of talking in you know uh, inappropriately to a white woman in the 50s I believe, and he was yeah, yeah, killed yeah. and he thrown in the river and his body turns up and he's all bloated and his mother insists that he has an open casket funeral to show the world mm. what these horrible white people did to her black son. And you know that he was largely forgotten for decades, but now it's sort of au courant again to talk about Emmett Till, which is fine. I mean it's mm-hmm. it was a wrong thing that just place yeah. an evil thing that took place and but the point is you need these visuals. It was the visual mm-hmm. image of him on, I think, Ebony magazine that awoken the conscience of people, just like the the picture of the slave ships, you know, mm-hmm. where that was drawn by, by a former slave telling an artist this is what it's like coming yeah. over, making the, the Atlantic Passage. Um, anyway, so back to abortion, aborted babies, you know, I think the image is important to say um, this is what is going on, you know, in this building. And so I, I don't know where to... Where to go with it. I mean, obviously, now that Roe v. Wade is gone, you're going to have states and I guess in D.C. kind of as its own state or whatever, you know, they're going to decide what they want to do with abortion. Some states have mostly outlawed it with the exception of mail order chemicals like Texas. Um, Other states are going full bore up to nine months. And um, so it's just going to be something that we constantly, you know, have to deal with, I guess, as a country. I just don't know how, as a country, if we can't agree that life is worthy of protection, and people who who try to save lives are heroes. If we can't agree on that basic fact, mm-hmm. I, I don't even know to what degree we even are a country anymore. So, I do have a white pill angle to this, but I was going to say, where is yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I'm open to thoughts, uh, you know, from from you guys. Do you know,
3: is there any significance to the name of this organization, Progressive Anti Abortion Uprising? Was that just sort of tongue in cheek kind of thing?
0: My my guess is that they're they're done with the um, praying outside on the sidewalk. That's that's how I. But I don't know. I okay. didn't do a lot of research into hmm. the group. But my guess is they're they're wanting to go beyond. You know the let's pray on the sidewalk and hope something good happens. It's the
1: actual meaning of progressive. Yes. Yeah.
0: Right. 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 Right.
1: Like the real.
0: Yeah, I mean, they chained themselves together. I mean, it was like, you know. Anyway, yeah. Well,
3: I mean, just just like the, the power of the images that you were alluding to earlier, right? It's, it's such an important thing, so much so that it, even in the church, that's part of the power of a sacrament, mm. right? As Augustine would say, a, a visible sign of an invisible grace, mm. right? Here here you have a visible sign of an invisible horror that's mm. going on, right? And so that's that's why it communicates with so much power. But so, so are words and, and the pictures of the words paint for us. Like you said poisoning the well from the very beginning, you read this headline, and then there's a throwaway line at the end, oh, this is why they actually kept them. Like, there's, right. there's a reason for this that is very reasonable, uh, that makes sense, given, you know, their convictions. It's not a crazy thing when you see it like that. Yeah. But also, you know, a reproductive clinic, which you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? Is this a reproductive clinic? Uh, the, the use of the word progressive in the culture now being actually the opposite of, yeah. of what it ought to uh, signify. Yeah. Um so much so that as you you read this, it's like, oh, they're not progressive. Well actually maybe they, actually are, they are progressive, progressive <laughs> right? Yeah. So so the importance of words, and it's only by having control of of the language that that this craziness with so much um uh, th- there there's so many things that are contradicting each other as you even read this. Uh, ha- has become part of of our daily lives. Defendants facing up to eleven years in prison. Like, how how is that reasonable? Has has this not
1: unusual and cruel? Eleven years in prison for for doing this
3: for
0: blocking an entrance. Yeah, to I wonder a, how many yes.
1: uh, yeah, years yeah. those environmentalists remember just recently that they took off the street that were like blocking traffic. I wonder how many years they oh, get in prison. Right. or ruining art in museums. Right. Yeah.
2: You know, I mean that there's been some a lot of craziness that the progressives yeah. have done. So <laughs> in I terms just looked this up
1: on uh, to make sure I was thinking of the right story. The the deal is that these people would go to these basically dumpsters looking for the aborted fetuses to bury, to give a burial yes. to. Yeah. And they happened upon some that looked like they were born alive and left to die. Mm. So they took them home, 115 of them they buried and they kept five as evidence to talk to lawyers and they had priests like maybe they're Catholic, but um it wasn't like they had them as some kind of psych, like psychotic person keeps like dolls or something. I mean, they were trying to
0: build a case. It's evidence. People, yes. It's, exactly. it's, it's evidence. Yeah. Anyway, So it is those yeah. same people. It yeah. is. Yeah.
3: okay. Golly. It's also interesting though, that even for somebody that, that would disagree with these people and, and, and think that what they're doing is terrible on every level that we, we do react in a very, uh, it's a repulsive thing to think about, Oh, why, why are there these fetuses in somebody's home? Mm-hmm. Right. But should it be repulsive if it's not even a human?
0: Right. Right. It's It's a double standard. It's just this thing that's there. Why is it
3: it so? even here, they say, oh, you know, it's a medical problem, right? You can have biohazard.
0: Right. Potential biohazard. But but that's actually
3: not the reason why it's repulsive to us. It's because we actually know what's going on. We know they have a dead body, a human body. People know, and and we suppress that that knowledge. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I I think. you know, years ago when I was for it was like two thousand sixteen, so it was right at the climax of the whole Trump stuff and, and the, the political tensions that were like uh, like just ascending and skyrocketing here in 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 America. And I wasn't really I didn't really have a political any political affiliation. I just did know I was pro life. Uh and you I did believe that people should have um you know, second amendment rights. But I think the, the, the image going back to the image itself, I remember for the first time ever, it was on social media that I was able to see what an actual abortion looked like um, during the process and even afterwards. Mm -hmm. And I just could not imagine um, somebody being for this. There was a, a video that's out that I think you could still watch um, and I think it might even be up on YouTube who knows it might have taken down but it was called the silent scream Yeah, and it was a it was a it was I don't know It, was, it might have been an MRI or some sort of imaging mm-hmm. of an actual abortion taking place and the whole video is silent But you could see the baby Wincing. dying mm-hmm. in pulling his leg and and then You partial know, birth abortion yeah, yeah partial birth abortion and then and then you also look at these images that are online And you know in the crackdown of social media you have them blocking out the images or banning the images mm-hmm. And, um, and sort of going back to Juan Carlos's point is like, yeah, if it's just a clump of sales, why are you banning it? Why it, are you re- are, re- are, reading? The, yeah. Like, why are you trying to rid this and scrub this off the Internet? And, and because I think all internally, we know that this is an absolute yeah. horror that is going on. Yeah, it's
0: it's such a it's a it's a contradiction that cannot stand forever and this this is why you know when i talk to like young people and this is my white pill you know when i talk to young people because we have a college across the street so i'm occasionally able to talk to them in fact this is the issue that gets them to come across the street and come talk to me more <laughs> yeah, than yeah, anything yeah. else um you know, uh, I'll, I'll talk about, you know, the equivalence of slavery, you know, it's it's just choosing a group of people to dehumanize so that you can do what you want with them. Mm -hmm. And so they of course agree that slavery is dehumanizing and that's bad. So why don't they agree with this? So you point out the inconsistency now, are we going to have to fight a war to save the lives of young people? I don't know, but I did, I did talk to a a young person, um, last week, high school student and who goes to college and, um, I have these little fetal models, these little kind of rubber high quality that looks like what a fetus looks like in the womb. And he just was kind of mocking the whole thing. And, you know, like, it's it's not a baby yet. It's just, it's not a person yet. Da, 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 da. And so we argued a little bit. And anyway, he came today. He stopped by today and he said, all right, you changed my mind. So, Whoa. Like, all right. So that's good. So <laughs> wow. hopefully it's a window because I feel like, you know, in in my own sort of political or I don't know. Awakening t- about adult thoughts, you know, in my early 20s, you mm-hmm. know, whether economics or politics or Christianity, you know, abortion was a was an issue where it forced me, you know, yeah. and it, it was like, because once you're kind of pro-life, if you will, and I'm beyond pro-life because a lot of the pro-life lobby is doesn't do enough to stop abortion. But that's a whole other topic that we've done a whole <laughs> podcast about. Um, but, um, you know, once you're there, it's kind of like, OK, well, now to be consistent you know all these other th- sorts of things kind of fall in place so it's like I can't be pro Jesus and you know pro-abortion you know and that's what I told said to this young man I was like well are you Christian yeah it's like well what do you think your pastor thinks about this what do you think Jesus thinks about mm. this so anyway mm. um it's kind of, it, it's it, it's it, I I'm, I'm hope I hope at some point our country gets beyond these these horrible contradictions where on the one hand you know we talk about the value of human life or the absurd you know the horror of a of a fetus in a jar. And on the other hand, it's, we can kill it with impunity. So I
1: will say um, when I lived in Chicago, their museum did this thing. I don't know if it was, I think it's a standing exhibit they have. Um, uh, I don't remember what it's called, but they have models and then real life stillbirths that uh, you look at that go through the entire cycle of a baby from conception to right before birth. And in this part of the exhibit, in the science museum, um, it's silent unless you hear people crying. Mm. Um, and then, you know, you walk through it, it, it does it by every like, I don't know, three, four, five weeks or something. And so at first it's just like a, you know, mustard seed or something. And then it'll say little facts about it. But as you go, there are all these signs that say, um, so thankful to the families that shared their like stillbirth or if they're born in the amniotic sac, or they're born in some mm-hmm. way that. Um, They're not going to live, but they donated them to science and you walk through this thing and you see some women, especially just weeping and you, and I thought to myself, like, how could you walk through this exhibit and not, and, and be pro choice? Like how in the world? I don't, it's just, they're clearly, you can see like wrinkles and their face and their, you know, little fingers and toes. I mean, yeah, it's, it was powerful. I feel like everyone should have to walk through that exhibit before they decide. Yeah.
0: What's even crazier, last thought, is th- just a few weeks ago, <clears throat> I think it was a PCUSA pastor, if not ELCA, who wore like a Planned Parenthood stole, Ew. you know, and talked about the the joys of abortion or the gifts oh of abortion gosh. and things like that. Google well, that. It's there, out there, was, there.
1: Are you talking about the lady that <coughs> talked about being, that God blessed her abortion? Like, there was a video going around recently about a, I think she was a Presbyterian
0: I'm pretty sure she was a pastor. She's I mean, a pastor in a church. Yeah, she's talking about her two abortions. Yeah, yeah, one. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, it Must be the and same
1: And ba- basically saying like it was I didn't do anything wrong. In fact, God blessed that.
0: Yeah, yeah, wow. that must be it. Yeah,
1: yeah. Does she mean Moloch? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, that was loud in the mic. Well, mm, little old well, Testament that is that is the culture of death. Speaking of the yep.
0: culture of death, uh, popularized by Pope John the, Paul the II, is the <laughs> is the Pope still Catholic? What's that? Up? Was an well, amazing segue. Yes. <laughs> wow.
2: Nice. Um, Yeah, so it was the Pope Catholic. So um, I wanted to propose this article that's from the New York Post. The title reads, Pope Francis calls U.S. Catholic Church backwards for putting political ideology ahead of faith. Now, there was a meeting um, uh, with uh, the Jesuit order uh, and uh, Pope Francis a couple of months ago. And, um, you know, th- this was a, a, a private meeting, I think, but, um, you know, there's been some transcripts that have come out. And so these are some of the statements where Pope Francis is being very transparent about, uh, you know, what he thinks, what he believes. And there's actually more to this statement. But uh, this article here just picks up uh, one, one, uh, one area of of, of his statement. And, uh, and really, he's responding to the U.S., you know conservative catholics who i think rightfully so are criticizing him and not only his beliefs but also kind of where i think all of us kind of think where he wants to take the roman catholic church the direction of where he wants to take it and uh, and so I, I just you know we'll, we'll look at some of these statements and and discuss them but uh one of his statements was uh do this um and you lose the true tradition and you turn to ideologies to have support. In other words, ideologies replace faith. And so what he's, what he's addressing here is that, uh, or at least his charge to the conservative Catholics is that their politically, their po- political ideology is, um, they're, they're um, they're, uh, changing it for their traditional faith. Um, and another statement that he says is the vision of the doctrine of the church as monolith is wrong very, very inter- interesting statement, which we'll get to here in a bit. And then he says, when you go backward, you make something closed off, disconnected from the roots of the church. And then he says, I want to remind these people, that's the U.S. conservative Catholics, that backwardness is useless and they must understand that there's a correct evolution in the understanding of of questions of faith and morals, and uh, and some of the things that the U.S. Um, conservative Catholics that are bringing up is that Pope Francis, at least what it seems, is that he's in, um, uh, you know, he's voiced um, uh, sort of disdain for um, the criminalization of same-sex unions. Um, uh, as well as he's pushed um both leaders of the church and also politically uh, to promote uh, climate change and as well as um divorce in certain certain circumstances. and then lastly, I think this is the more surprising one is that um he's actually an advocate for lifting celibacy for the Roman Catholic clergy, which historically has always not been the case, mm-hmm. right and so and that th- there really is a lot to discuss here, but um, I think if if you know, I, I think many of the U.S. Uh, or Catholics here in the United States who are conservative, and especially us as Protestants, when we look at uh, Pope Francis, um, I mean, he is progressive in both his theology. He's, in the worst he, sense of the word, yeah, 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 yeah. he's progressive. Uh, he's he's a liberation theologian as well, and <laughs> Real you know, quick,
1: what does that mean for people listening?
2: Um, liberation theology, which it does find its roots back in um, in Latin America, um, they. You know, the, 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 their emphasis in their theology is more of, of that of a social gospel. It would be very similar to uh, what we find here in the United States with liberation black theology. Yeah. So everything is going to be seen in light of the oppressor and the oppressed. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of the where st- the stream of Roman Catholicism that, that he does come from. And so this is kind of the grid in which he's looking uh, uh, um you know, th- through Roman Catholic doctrine. But uh, I just find some of these some of these statements that that he says, such as the vision of the doctrine of the Roman Catholic or the Church uh, as monolith is wrong.
1: Hey, guys. Sarah here. Sorry to interrupt the podcast. I know it was awesome. But I just wanted to tell you that Theology on Tap is growing. We are now a standalone ministry, an independent nonprofit, and to grow, we need your help. We're offering more live events, more follow-up opportunities to reach the unchurched, and increased partnerships with local churches. You can help us grow by praying for us, by telling your friends or church about us, and of course, partnering with us financially. To donate, go to HoustonTOT.com forward slash give. Okay, enjoy the rest of the show.
0: That would now, be the only thing that would attract me to becoming a Roman Catholic. Right, yeah, yeah, that yeah. A I monolith. Mean, they yeah, yeah. have they monolith. Finally, I found my monolith that gives me security. <laughs>
2: right, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, one of the things that you know really the Roman Catholics pride themselves is being unified of having a ancient and historic faith and, um, you know, having apostolic succession. Um, but it's surprising that you would have a pope say such a thing that, you know, having unity or agreement in doctrine and dogma, that that monolith is wrong. Yeah. that's very surprising. Yeah. Um, and also the idea that, you know, if, um, you know, the, the idea of backwardsness mm-hmm. is sometimes incorrect. I mean, you talk about apostolic succession, in the tradition of the Roman Catholic Church um, in their, you know, their historicity and, and them being of the ancient faith, like how do you not look backwards?
0: Well, yeah, it's just and,
2: illogical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 really it's it's something that is alien really to the Roman Catholic yeah. Church, but and it's you, coming from the Vicar of Christ. But if you want to
0: chart a a a new course, you've got to divorce yourself from the past. I mean, that's that, that's right. It's, it's 1984 or you know Mao or Stalin. It's it's like oh that that never happened. That isn't who we are anymore. That's right. And and that's why it's so bizarre that you know he's gone to war with like Latin Mass Catholics. You know, yes. these are your most faithful. Yeah. There's a reason for it, though. Yeah. And and just a plug, we are going to have a future episode oh. where our very <laughs> own Juan Carlos Martinez, a former Roman Catholic, will be debating uh, someone who was formerly Presbyterian and is now Roman Catholic. Maybe dialoguing. Is Wait, right. what are so, you talking about? I told you about this.
1: Mm, okay, we'll get to that we're, later. We're, so. pro-
2: <laughs> we're producing one live on air.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, we're, we're, yeah so. Okay, exciting. Fun, exciting. Fun.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, I, but to your point, Evan, just the last thing I'll point out is yeah. that you know if you can't look backwards, then this is this is really what progressive progressivism is, which is con- continually looking forward. Yeah, you know, and what what are you changing to? By what standard? By what standard? That, yeah. that, that really is the question. It's a question of authority, and um, and to that, I just kind of just open it up to conversation yeah. to, to this article because it, it definitely relates to a lot of these topics that we're going to be covering. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: it's he's talking out of both sides of his mouth, and the the one that bothers me the most, and again. Even if I wasn't religious at all, this just doesn't work like syllogistically, like logically. He says, when you go backward, you make something closed off, disconnected from the roots. You would think if you went backward, you'd be looking at the roots. No. Yeah. Also, is looking at the roots bad or good? Because it sounds like you're disconnected from the roots is bad, but also we need to look forward and do something different from the roots. Like, what do you even want? What are you even saying? It sounds like a paper a kid wrote that's like, you know, they don't quite understand how they're supposed to make their point.
0: Yeah anyway well here's my kind of concern because i actually do want the roman catholic church to stay conservative on social issues because it provides a bit of air cover for all of us you know (laughs) uh you know if 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 that's a block that sort of goes the way of the culture you know we're we're going to be in a in a very severe minority Mm -hmm. um without the kind of legal protection but that said um Catholics are always telling us that the doctrine of papal infallibility is yep. very rarely applied. It's only applied when he speak, in, which basically, by the way, makes it totally useless. It's only applied um, when he speaks ex cathedra from the papal chair, and he speaks on questions of faith and morals. Yeah, that's, that's a why this things. this quote is shocking to me because he talks about an evolution in the understanding of questions of faith and morals oh interesting it's it's like he's prepping us for yes. I mean because what is the Catholic gonna do when the Marxist Pope declares homosexuality to be acceptable you mm-hmm. know I mean in my tr- my former tradition my Lutheran tradition they literally called it holy you know yeah. I mean and some many Christians will still do that I I think mm-hmm. he might very well believe that he you know but that's they're going to be really stuck with this doctrine of papal infallibility. Yeah. What are they going to do?
2: Yeah, well, in 2018, um, the Catholic Catechism uh, changed its position on the death penalty. Yes. And now, and, and so that was some sort of revision. If you really believe as a Roman Catholic that there's this three-legged stool, which is tradition, mm-hmm. the magisterium, in the scriptures that speak to these things. And this is a document from the from the Roman Catholic Church. And and for years, I mean the Roman Catholic Church like has us. killed people has enforced <laughs> the death penalty, right? Yeah. And now all of a sudden it's something that is considered sinful right. and not correct. Um, you know, that happened back in 2018. That to, to their own catechism. Um you, you you could bet money that this is going to continue mm-hmm. to happen, especially as as liberal theologians yeah. like yeah. Francis um, and his people, in, he's in his people in, that he's yeah. putting in, and, and it's 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 going to keep going, and it's not going to end. So it's very interesting to see where this where this is going to go in the end. Yeah, yeah,
3: it is, and and yeah, that that's a very interesting observation that you made there, Evan, with respect to the language of questions of faith and morals, especially when he is the monolith, right? He's <laughs> he is the ultimate voice uh, when it comes to, um, you know, the, the issue of infallibility. So it's very strange talking from both sides of his <laughs> mouth, the whole thing with roots. I, I, I saw that as well. I was <laughs> like, well, oh, you go backwards and roots and forwards. <laughs> like, wait a minute, what are you talking about? Um, it, what's interesting too, is that he's, he's not paying attention to the log in his own eye. It's just so interesting that he's saying, oh, you should not, uh, rely on political ideologies, well, wait a minute. What are you doing? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I mean, all yes. of this statement is political. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. It, how how interesting is is that? But again, it's almost like um, when when you're swimming in that water, you you don't even know that you're swimming. That's what's so strange in all of this. People make accusations, accuse other people of doing the very same thing that they're actually doing, and they seem oblivious to the fact. Very very strange.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and. I, I think that we're living in times where, you know, I've said this a million times probably, but, you know, the, the line between, you know, politics and and the issues that we deal with as theologians or pastors, are they're getting quite limited, um, you know, because, I mean, he he would tell you that climate change is of utmost importance, that it's something priests need to be talking about. Well, I would kind of consider climate change to be actually quite explicitly political because the <laughs> solutions are going to be industrial in scale. Mm-hmm. They're going yes. to deal with taxation, you know, regulation regulation yeah. um you know literally changing industry the way that people live the the mining for you know fossil fuels etc cetera, etc cetera. i mean it is going to have to be i mean it's not like it's not like he's just saying well every roman catholic just ride a bike to work you know yeah, i yeah. mean to actually tackle climate change would take a global political maneuver mm-hmm. um you know
3: what's interesting on that point evan sorry to interrupt yeah it reminded me <laughs> that um not too long ago pope Francis said that with respect to climate change that if if human beings did not change the way that you know we were living and, and you know recycling and all this uh, polluting uh, that that God might, flood the earth
2: once
3: again <laughs> yeah, yeah. What? it's like well talk about losing the rainbow for good right? <laughs> I mean, no do you not know that, that
0: was literally go the Judaism? promise made when the rainbow was given that yes. god would not he didn't flood read
1: again. that part yes okay yes, yeah sure. anyway, um, but burning man did get flooded so um,
2: well yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. another conversation yeah. so what's a white pill sort of at, at least for me i think what I, I I've come across some Roman Catholics recently, and if you talk to the more conservative ones, especially the U.S. conservative Catholics that Pope, Pope, Pope Francis is talking, yeah, the the, 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 the yeah, the yeah. backwards yeah. ones, right? Um, they're really disgruntled. They're starting to see the issue, um, which. Protestants have been talking about for about five hundred years. Like <laughs> right. And, and and so I think the white pill here though is at least with these Roman Catholics, they're starting to realize, okay, we're in a little bit of a pickle, mm-hmm. especially as you know, seeing where this actually goes. Mm-hmm. Um and I think this just opens up the 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 conversation yeah. of yeah. you know, by what standard? You know, who yes. who is what is the actual um governing document. You know that's going to govern mm-hmm. right. the life of the church, the infallible. So, um, and in there you could get straight to the gospel, and you know, open up the conversations about uh, justification by faith alone in Christ alone by grace alone. I think, unchanging, yeah, was unchanging, which is found in scripture. So, I think that's that's a that's a white pill element uh, that I'm looking forward to. I love my Roman Catholic friends. I have Roman Catholic family. I'm from so- I'm from the southern border which is dominated by Roman Catholicism. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think it's opening up an opportunity for me uh, when I go back or ministry back home to, to have those conversations and have the, yeah. their, their own pope saying these things mm-hmm. um, and just questioning them. Do you, do you believe yeah. this? What's going on here? And having them explain it for themselves. Maybe they don't yeah. know. So Yeah. There's a guy, a modern writer, a traditional
0: Roman Catholic. I, I can't – I think his name is Christian Taylor, something Taylor. I, anyway, I think his book is called Infiltration. <laughs> And, um, he, he writes about how the Catholic church has been, um, was infiltrated. Uh, in fact, I I wrote a, I read a book, um, that talked about this extensively as well it was, it, the, the first half of the book was about um homosexuality historically and the second half was about the infiltration of the Roman Catholic Church of you know but marxism communists going back to the 30s and um but you know homosexuality as well and um dealing with all the eventually yeah. the priest you know scandals and so on and so forth so this has been argued i mean some people argue been in the works for quite a long time to unseat um you know Un- unseat this incredible, you know, power at one point, you know, that was on the side of, you know, at least we could agree on, you know, marriage and homosexuality and these yeah. si- other sorts of issues. You know, the syllabus of errors, that was, I think, Pope Pius X. Mm-hmm. And there is the SSPX, the Society of St. Pius the X. And, and, and they're an interesting kind of breakaway group of Catholics that argue the last – I think maybe Pius the Twelfth was the last true Roman Pontiff, but yeah. they consider the chair of Peter to be vacant. And um, hmm. so there, there is there are movements within Roman Catholicism that say, you know, the, since Vati- Vatican II was basically abandoned, true, you know, Catholicism. So
2: yeah,
1: you ever think Peter is up in heaven is going? uh yeah. <laughs> not at all. It's supposed to be.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's not the man that the confession. You know, it's it's the confession of Peter that the church is built on as the rock. But anyway, rock. That's right. Uh, well, unless any last thoughts cool on that, I, um, um, no, I don't. One.
3: I've got one. Let's hear it. So, uh, <laughs> you mentioned that this was a story about the Pope being transparent. Now we're going to oh talk a story about a father of a, who's a transparent. Right? Trans trans-parent. Uh, transparent. That's pretty
2: good. That's
0: pretty like, good. I don't want to laugh at it because wow. it's such
1: dark humor,
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: but Props for the. That uh, was very good. Well, wow. Let, let me let me tell you something here. Um, so it's interesting. Again, the way the way the headline is is written here, actually, a little deceiving. Uh, the headline reads like this: Canadian father jailed after misgendering daughter lands win in appeal court. Um, and but it, when I first read it, I read it: Canadian father jailed after misgendering daughter lands win in appeal court. No, the father won the uh, the appeal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, the modifier is off or yes, whatever. Yes, yes. Yeah. feel like maybe. You,
0: Can I, you edit that on the fly, Sarah? You're, you like to you like the to tell me
3: Daily Wire. You like basically?
0: to tell me everything I uh, everything I do wrong. You know my grammar and whatnot. Okay, I'll okay. contact Ben but Shapiro here, and let him know. Here's the okay.
3: story. Here's the story. So um, this Canadian dad named Robert Hoogland, uh, he he won an appeal in the British Columbia court um, that essentially um, overturned a decision uh, that involved him paying a $30,000 fine Jeez. and completing a six month uh, prison sentence. He did two months uh, and, and they want him to do four more, but he won the appeal so he, he won't have to do it. Now, why was this a, an issue in the first place? In 2018, uh, a hospital informed him that his daughter, who at the time was 13, was going to be inj- injected with testosterone. And there was no consent needed from a parent if the child uh, wanted to do this and if a doctor said <clears throat> that this was the right thing to do. Uh, and so the child had that uh, you know, thumbs up from, from the doctor, and so they were going to go through with this. Uh, so this dad uh, was concerned, of course, about not only does my daughter... Is she too young? She doesn't know the consequences Mm -hmm. of what she's doing. Um, But also, she will be doing irreversible damage to -hmm. her body. Um, You know, as she takes testosterone, uh, you know, her voice is going to change forever. It's going to be deeper than it uh, would otherwise be. Um, There's going to be fertility Mm -hmm. issues that are irreversible. Mm -hmm. Um, Facial hair that she will have to deal with for the rest of her life. And um, so... Of course, as, as a dad, he said, no, this is this is terrible. This is wrong. This amounts to child abuse. So in 2019, the court ruled in favor of the daughter receiving the treatment. And the, also that the father was not allowed to use, to refer to his daughter as my daughter or to use any uh, female pronouns when referring to her. Uh, so uh, the, the dad, uh, of course, continued to fight and, and continued to refer to his daughter as as a daughter, and uh, so he was then deemed guilty of family violence and was threatened with arrest. So for the rest of the year of 2019, he decided to uh, keep quiet in hopes that his appeal to overturn the the court's decision would be successful. In 2020, the appeal failed and uh, the court ordered that the daughter needed to immediately begin to receive this treatment because she was uh, in danger of committing suicide if she didn't do this and uh so so then he began to speak up the dad mm-hmm. again and referring to his daughter as his daughter in 2021 he was arrested and he was sentenced to six months uh, and thirty thousand dollars he served uh, like I said two of those months it was in, essentially in, in solitary confinement mm-hmm. the whole
1: time wow. and, this is the guy that was on what uh, what's a woman yes yes yeah. yes yeah.
3: yes he was in what is a woman uh, anonymously but but he was but that part that's, made me that's cry a, that's it the same dad awful and and um, but but thankfully, the he actually won this appeal, um, and, and which is you know s- sets good legal precedent. Um, just an an amazing story, um, because I mean again the times we live in, where it, it seems so obvious mm-hmm. that the father is doing nothing more except protecting his daughter That's right. from making a terrible mistake and. You know, if the daughter was saying, hey, I, you know, I, I feel like I need to take heroin to be a happy person.
1: Yeah, or cut off my left arm. Right.
3: Yes. I mean, surely the, if the dad were to stop that or a mom were to stop that, nobody would accuse that parent of being a, a terrible person who is attempting against the well-being of, of their child. Uh, but when it comes to this, somehow, you no, know, this is off limits, right? Sexuality, you cannot touch. And not only that, but it, it turns out also that the school of this daughter was providing... Um, you know, videos that, according to the dad, he saw some of these videos. They were nothing more but propaganda, actually, to push this daughter into um, making this decision. But the fact that you have medical professionals who are supporting this, you have school officials who are supporting this, you have judges who are supporting this, and and that has been the case uh, is really a terrifying thing. And, of course, if we think, well, that's Canada, so what does that have to do with us? No, well, I mean, it's this, already happening here. Is happening it's coming here as well. Um, so interestingly enough, again, I mean, the, the white pill is sort of built in in the sense that um, you know the, that the father actually won an appeal. Um, however, I think the, the, the white pill and the story is more profound, and we can talk about it. But first, you know, first of all, do you comment. know
1: what the situation is with the daughter? So
3: yes, now um, there there's there's no relationship anymore between the father and the daughter, oh. unfortunately. So she's
1: still in transition of yes, some kind.
3: Yes, yes. One, one talk to the dad. Um, the dad says that even though, of course, this is a terrible thing, he he is at peace with the fact that when his daughter mm. understands what she has done, yeah, and Whew, decides uh-huh. that she wants to reverse things, he will be able to say, "I I love you, and I tried helping you, um, and here's the record of that." Mm. Right, and he says, "I will. I I look forward to that day. I will welcome her." Uh, but he has the you know with a broken heart he has the um the peace of conscience that he has fought for his daughter yeah Mm,
2: that's a good dad i i can't help but notice the the um the equivalency of physical violence Mm. with language that's very that's a a manipulation tactic i mean if you really believe that you, you take that thread you know Push the antithesis antithesis to its logical conclusion. Um, If this kind of language of referring to your daughter as a daughter, as a female, and this is violence upon her, um, you know, if people really and truly take that as violence, these people are the ones that need to be terminated. I mean, Mm -hmm. like you know, persecuted, even potentially even killed. You know what I mean? That's Mm -hmm. just kind of. And I think I think that's just a very dangerous. Game to play because you all obviously hear this, or you hear this often in the left. You know, silence is violence, Mm -hmm. and um, everything is violence. Everything is violence, and I just except for violence. That's just crazy. (laughs) Actual violence is
0: not violence. That's I don't know. Getting your not pulling a a fetus apart in the womb, right? Not violence or burning down cities or whatever. That that's fine. That's right. Yes,
3: or mutilating your body. Yes, and and you know both both externally and internally. That's not violence.
0: Yeah,
1: but the feelings are.
2: Yeah. Yeah, sure.
1: So I have a question for you guys. We talked about this a little bit in our thread coming up to this. When it comes to this dad interacting with his daughter, I am 100% on board with him continuing to call her his daughter um, because there's there's a parent-child relationship. He's he's given the stewardship of her, right, to care for her, protect her, provide for her, whatever – but if it's a friend or if it's somebody in your orbit of church life, ministry, evangelism, I'm curious your thoughts on using people's preferred pronouns. I have flip flopped on this, I don't know, 16 times. Um, when, 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 okay, so when Evan and I did the podcast where we talked about gender and we had Dr. Gagnon and Megan Rohr. Um, in the comments, they went crazy. In fact, the comments were way more spicy than the actual debate. Um, we sort of got canceled <laughs> that over that. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people were talking about, and Dr. Gagnon has said again when he's been here that using someone's preferred pronouns is blasphemous because it's going against God's created order. And I hear that and I think, yeah, that's true. And, the, and, and you're, you're sort of going along with a lie. And the other side of me says, if I have people that come to one of, I have a couple transgender people that come to uh, my conversations group, which is for non-believers to explore big ideas, you know? Um, and if I, well, I have misgendered them and then be like, Oh, sorry, sorry. just because I'm trying to drill it in, you know? But if I misgender them on purpose, like if I just am stubborn about it and I say, I'm going to call you what I know you are, they're not going to come back and hear potentially the gospel or be f- befriended by believers that would then be able to speak that kind of truth into their lives. So I'm curious if you think there's any space where giving into the preferred pronouns might actually be a tool of evangelism.
0: No, it's a, it's a hill to die on. This is, this is, we're fighting for reality. I mean, we're fighting when we're, when we're fighting for language, we're fighting for reality. I mean, a, a girl is a girl, a woman is a woman, a daughter is a daughter. These are exclusive terms. They cannot be mixed and matched. And ultimately we're doing harm to people who are deluded. It is a delusion to think, to believe that you are a woman. If you are a man, Correct. it is a delusion. It is, it is, it is not in a, in alignment with the world as it is. So we want to bring people into the world as it is. Can we do it lovingly? Yes. But if, 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 if we, it, the, 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 it has to go both ways or it's not a relationship. Right. So they say, I demand you call me my pronoun. And I say, I demand I don't have to. Mm. Right. So where are we at? We're at a stalemate. So I don't think, I, I think Dr. Gagnon is right. I was maybe kind of wishy-washy on it at that, at that time too. And, but now I realize this is for all the marbles, Mm-hmm. This is 1984. I just read that and watched the movie, so it's kind of in my mind. But this is two plus two equals five stuff. Yeah. This is this is we're going to make you deny reality so that we can control you. Mm-hmm. Th- th- this is this is beyond homosexuality, which is a basically oh, yeah. a, a sexual act that's wrong because it denies you know the the act of procreation and the in the way that God made you and so on and so forth. This is like next. We've leveled level. up. Yeah. yeah. This is. This yeah. is. And 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 when you have a father who is, it's it's like it's like the scene in 1984 at the end where Winston has the mm-hmm. the you know the Clamps. cage around his head and the rats are fighting and it's like the, tor- the they're going to come gnaw your face off if you don't deny reality. It, that's what they're doing. They put the man in in prison for two months in solitary confinement and they said deny reality. Yeah. So well, when it
1: comes to his dad, I'm on that. I mean, I'm fully on that yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. I guess my yeah. question is. And I want to hear from you too also, but if that's where you stand, like role play that out for me a little bit. Someone comes to your church, they're in your Sunday school, they're interacting with you, they say, and you could tell this person's like a woman, but they say they're a dude. And then you're answering questions and you're talking to someone, you're like, well, you had a response to his question. He's like, ah, her, you know, what say you in that moment? Are you going to be like,
0: well, this is a battle of reality. I mean, probably not. Like what would? no, I I didn't, you know, invite them to go for a cup of coffee or something, you know, and try to explain my situation. And if they throw their coffee on me, you know, then that's the end of that. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah there's yeah. a
2: way to speak truth in love yeah. to yeah. that. Yeah. And that's yeah, the yeah. thing,
3: right? We have to yeah, speak yeah. the truth in love, but to give in to that is to not do either of those things. That's mm-hmm. absolutely right. yes it's not the truth, is to lie, mm-hmm. and it's not to love. The only person you're loving is actually yourself, hmm. right? Because you don't want the problems that come with speaking the truth. It's not a loving thing. Yeah. You know, um, it's not that different from – you may remember in the – and you were too young for this, but uh, Evan, I you probably that. remember. Oh, my the, gosh. In, I'm in older 90s, than Evan. <laughs> in the 90s, Evan, uh, you, you remember, um, you know, the issue with uh, bulimia or anorexia. Yes. Those were big things that were going on. And so if you think about anorexia. Sure. Here, Here's somebody who believes that um, – let's say she – that she is uh, – obese or mm-hmm. she is overweight when actually she's not. And she will starve herself mm-hmm. to death um, because she has this self-perception of being obese. She actually is not. Right. And so if she were to say, hey, my preferred pronoun is fat. You need to call me that or you don't love me. It will not be loving for me, whether I'm a father or a friend, to go into that delusion. As Evan said, I, I will just be or reinforcing. Or to restrict her
2: eating. Or restrict it. her
3: eating. Yeah. All of these things, right? So it's not too dissimilar from that. Um, yeah. we, we must speak the truth. We must do it in love, right? And so it doesn't mean at every moment you lead with that and you're debating. But I, but I do think you have to be very careful of uh, not, not to give in to the temptation to use the pronouns. They have redefined what love is. That is not love. Mm-hmm. That it, love is difficult sometimes. Yeah. Um, it is loving yourself. But in in all these stories, and I know we have to move to the next story. But in all these stories, a, a, a common thread, of course, and we keep hearing Julio say this is by what standard, right? It, in all of this, is an issue of authority. Mm-hmm. And it always has been the case. You go back mm-hmm. to the garden. Has God said? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? That, that was the question. Has God said? And of course, God did say. But, but we believe the father of lies. It, even within the history mm. of the church, if you go to the 11th century and the great schism, it wasn't simply, well, there was a change in the Nicene Creed that was done. And you added the, the, the fact that the spirit proceeds from the father and the son. It was actually an issue of authority. On what authority, on what basis, who told you you could change the the Nicene Creed, right? And then, of course, in the 16th century, Protestant Reformation is the same issue. What is the authority? It's not justification, but but it's actually what is the authority <laughs> mm-hmm. that says you are saved, that you have assurance, that you are justified? Is it the Pope? Is it the magisterium? Is it tradition? Or is it scripture, right? So it, it always is a question of authority, and so is this.
2: Mm-hmm. the
3: The powers that be are saying... This is the language that's allowed. These are thoughts that are allowed. This is what love is. And if we try to play the game according to those rules, we're going to lose. The game is rigged. We have an authority that is scripture, and we have to play by those rules because that is actually the loving um, rules and, and the things that result in, in goodness and flourishing and truth and love. And, um, but but it will but be costly. So uh, it was very costly to this father. Yeah. It will be costly to us increasingly just to speak the truth, whether it's our own children. You know, heaven forbid that we'll have to go through that, but who knows. But we certainly, just as Christians, there are people in our lives that we know that mm-hmm. are going through this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And we are called to love them, and to, but that, that will mm-hmm. entail speaking the truth.
1: Yeah. No, well said. I'm in. You convinced me. I. I it's funny, the um, podcast that we did that I was referring to – I skated through the entire thing without using any pronouns. You could do that. So <laughs> that's the third choice. Um, yeah, I was pretty proud of myself. It's just I just kept going. And what about you, Megan? And Doctor Gagnon, <laughs> you? Although I got in trouble for not calling her a doctor. Are they, a doc- anyway. Yes, it was her preferred
0: priest. <sighs> and she's no longer a bishop. <laughs> her preferred prefix. Pre- pre- <laughs> pre- in the time that we had, that we did that, uh-huh. she became a bishop in my former church body <laughs> mm-hmm. and was removed. <laughs>
1: Because she was racist.
0: Well, I'm she kidding.
1: A, She's not necessarily, but we, we jumped from scandal to scandal. Yep. It was yep. quite a anyway. thing. So anyway, shall I? Yes. Into the but, fourth you, but, but you have
2: to have an awesome segue. Yeah, I do
1: not have an awesome segue. <laughs> and we're talking about something so dark. I didn't want to try to make it funny. Um, but yeah, so this is, I actually pulled from three different articles just to kind of give you a picture of what's happening. This is about a Texas law that's it's trying to be passed, being blocked around pornography and the idea is to keep pornography at least it's like a starting point out of the eyes of minors. Um, So from the Houston Chronicle, it says a consortium of adult entertainment advocacy advocacy groups, including the online giant Pornhub, is suing the state of Texas ahead of its pending enforcement of a new law requiring adult sites to verify the ages of users and display a health warning to those assessing their content. So this was signed into law by uh, Greg Abbott, our governor, this past June. It was supposed to go into effect on September 1st and would require users to verify their age. So they would have to um, upload like a license or some kind of, you know, uh, commercially reasonable method that relies on public or private transactional data to verify the age of an individual. Basically, the same thing you would do if you went in and bought porn at 7-Eleven and you show your ID. Okay. Mm -hmm. But online. The law also requires, and this is, I like this part even better, I think, uh, sites to display a lengthy, it has to be 14 point or 14 size font or more, apparently, a lengthy (laughs) health warning that describes pornography as, quote, potentially biologically addictive and, quote, proven to harm human brain development, which is a thousand (laughs) times proved over and over and over again. Believe the science. Exactly. This is one area where we can, for sure, follow um, the science. People that are uh, not at all religious. Um, In fact, later, I'll quote from a Politico uh, piece where they're talking about how this was born out of not a religious group at all, um, but a bunch of like sociologists and feminists that are seeing the deleterious effects of porn. But anyway, um, okay. And so there's this law that Texas is trying to do. Louisiana did it. A couple other states did it. Um, But a federal judge has blocked the Texas law one day before the law was set to take effect. Uh, David Ezra, Judge David Ezra, found that the law violates First Amendment free speech rights and is too vague. The vague comment is about – like it's – he's using the word vague, but it really is that it's kind of too narrow because it doesn't cover things like social media, Reddit, Tumblr, places where people can go and see that stuff without this. So maybe it would – only punish places like Pornhub, but not other, or, you know, keep their sales down. Um, Ezra said the age verification component in House Bill 1181 signed by Governor Greg Abbott is constitutionally problematic because it deters adults' access to legal sexually explicit material far beyond the interest of protecting minors, which to me sounds amazing. He's like saying, this is terrible because you're putting sprinkles on top of the ice cream. You're like, all the better, you know, but anyway... Some of my thoughts. I, so, I've listened to a podcast about this. I've read a few articles about it. It seems like people's problem with the bill uh, are kind of threefold. One, this idea that it, it's not sweeping enough, right? Um, two, that the government would have access to your online activity. People don't want that because what if you're gay and I don't know, that comes out to the wrong people, which is just hilarious because
0: I'm so glad the government doesn't have access right? to my online activity. Okay. Yeah. But that's what yeah. I'm saying. Right. Like,
1: Are we not – did we not all watch The Social Dilemma? Do we not all understand that everyone is watching? I mean, I feel like half of the advertisements I hear on podcasts are like, how to keep people from watching your online activity.
0: Express VPN. Yeah. There we
1: go. Um, And then the last thing is that – and this is a quote – protected speech will be chilled as adults refuse to risk sharing and exposing their personal information. I know. That could lead to financial or reputational harm. well –
0: yeah, I so mean, see, so see, they could yeah. get in
1: trouble at work if someone finds out they're looking at porn a lot, mm. or it could—and I know this is wild—it could get in the way of their marriages.
0: Yeah, I know could. it's
1: crazy, um, yeah. but <laughs> here's a couple interesting caveats. When this has happened, when this has been passed in other states, so three other states have passed this without people knocking it down: Utah, mm. Mississippi, Virginia. Guess what happened? Pornhub just stopped operating there. Win. That is such a win. Win. Um, yeah, users in those not states, worth the trouble. Yeah. Users in those states, when they attempt to visit the site, they're greeted with a safe-for-work video of Cherie DeVille – I wonder if that's a given name – clothed, <laughs> explaining the site's decision to pull out of the state. Um, so, so that's interesting. And again, this wasn't even born out of some kind of a evangelical pack or conservative think tank. This was the Louisiana legislator that brought this to Louisiana and then Texas is copying it. Was inspired by listening to a Howard Stern show where Billie Eilish. Howard Stern. y'all know who Bill or, yes. Billie Eilish is? Yes. Billie Eilish, yeah. Do you, Juan Carlos? No, don't. <laughs> She's a singer. She's a pop. It's not really pop. It's kind of angsty. Um, it's actually quite lovely. Her music, most of it. Uh, but she was lamenting the fact that she started watching porn when she was 11 and how awful. I mean, she says, To be honest, I started watching when I was 11. I think it really destroyed my brain. I feel incredibly devastated that I was exposed to so much porn. And that inspired this freshman legislator to really get the ball rolling on this. So some thoughts. One, like I said before, anytime you engage in any kind of adult activity that you're purchasing, any kind of behavior, whether you're buying alcohol, online gambling, buying porn at a brick and mortar, like sex shop or something, ew, you have to show ID. This is nothing new. It's cigarettes you have to show ID, right? I don't know why we would expect any less in the kind of like wild west of the online pornography scene, which, by the way, this whole thing was somehow an attempt to eliminate children from seeing porn, but also because there is a full circle effect of that affecting children in pornography. Mm -hmm. We don't have the time to get into that. But if you care at all about child pornography um, being out there at all. Yeah. like wouldn't you want people to just have to prove that they're 18 or older um the second thing we already said being afraid the government will be aware of your internet activity is just kind of crazy sauce the third thing i wrote is that using free speech as the angle is kind of a joke like i I'm, i'll get your thoughts that, on that that's
0: the supreme court decision i, know. I mean that that was you know I, I remember the scene from the aviator the howard hughes film right with leonardo yeah, yeah. DiCaprio, right where the the weatherman scientist has his calipers out, and he's measuring the cleavage of, like, May West when Howard Hughes made the outlaw or whatever. funny, yeah. And because there were these things that were called, let's see, what were they called? Decency laws. Yes, decency laws. And, of course, the Hollywood had a, the Mays, I think it was called the Mays regulations or something. Anyway, there was, like, 30, 40 years where, you know, uh Hollywood clamped down on inappropriate, you know. Yeah. Cleavage. <laughs> or whatever the case may be. And um and and essentially, once, you know, pornography came to be seen as free speech, and I think this might have been one of the uh penthouse guys. What was his name?
1: Gosh, I don't know.
0: The you know, the, the famous guy. Larry there? Flint. Oh. Yeah, Larry Flint. I think he took it to the Supreme Court and won. Basically argued that what he's producing is free speech. And so once that argument was bought, I mean Katie Bar the door. And so that's the argument. I think that that's that's where we need to get back. We need to get we need to ask the question is pornography free speech? No. No, it's not free speech. It's indecent. It's horrible. It should not be in the eyes of anybody. That's yeah. why I would say these are the, it's just like the a lot of the pro-life legislation. Stuff, yeah. It's like I knew we're, you were, gonna say we're, we're regulating it instead of abolishing yeah, it. And in right. and, and so doing, we're making deals with devils, and we never get what we want because we don't have a clear, expressed worldview of the world that we want to see. One without abortion and one without pornography. And so we end up with more of both because we're too weak to stand on our our laurels, if, well, not our laurels—that's a Greek <laughs> Olympics term. Um, our, our Bible, you rest, okay. You
1: rest on laurels. You stand okay. on principles. They,
0: okay, we're not standing on our principles, and so um, no. The, the idea that this is free speech is absurd. Yeah. No, free speech is your right to you know say the president's a knucklehead. Whoa, you know. be
1: careful, because there was a guy recently <laughs> that got uh, <laughs> shot. You know, tried to arrest him, and then the, he got shot for like. You,
3: what you're right to games? say that masks yeah. may not work. <laughs>
1: oh, be careful on that Woo! one too.
3: Woo!
0: Yes, yes. And it was actually, another contradiction, though, right, would be Douglas Mackey is going to go to federal prison for 10 years because he posted a meme in 2016 saying, if you want to vote for Hillary, you know, vote, if you want to vote for Hillary, text this number, right? And it was a joke. It was the old, you know, Republicans vote on Tuesday, Democrats vote on Wednesday, right? It's a joke. It was a meme. Yeah. And he put it out on Twitter. He's going to go to jail for 10 years. There are a lot so of that out, free speech, no, Yeah. you know rioting on january 6th no 22 years for that poor guy <laughs> no who wasn't even wasn't there, there by the way <laughs> um but but pornography which may or may which almost certainly involves trafficked human beings mm-hmm. many of which underage there's no way to verify it right um and it's the wild west on the internet we we, we can't even regulate that so that that's but one of fine. the things
1: they talked about in one of these podcasts is that um, Pornhub is owned by like MindGeek and they have over a thousand employees. Guess how many employees they have looking through to find child pornography? Just guess out of a th- over a thousand. How many?
2: I would say like three.
1: You'd say three. That is too, too many. Wow. One. Wow. And the backlog is some staggering number of millions of videos of potentially wow. child rape. Wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Is, is his name, um... What was the guy that Sound of Freedom was based on?
1: Oh, I don't know. I um, don't know if they said his name and the thing anyway, I was listening okay. to, but it's
0: not him, though. I'm guessing.
1: I, I don't know. Okay. Um, I mean, I guess you know it's someone that works at Pornhub. He's pro porn. No, I no, 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 Yeah. I guess. Uh, any other thoughts before I? I'm gonna try to white pill this thing. We'll see.
0: Yeah.
3: I mean, just again, in in all of these stories, the the terrible, obvious contradictions, mm-hmm. right? Um the here yeah follow the science like like you pointed out the the biologically adverse effects mm-hmm. of pornography on adults certainly on children
1: but not i mean fully that, formed amygdala. That, yes
3: that, that is certainly yep. obvious and i'm sure there's plenty of data to support it doesn't matter yeah right it doesn't matter free speech yeah. please so, yeah. so we're again we're playing by by rules where the game is rigged, mm-hmm. the, the speech is not the issue. The issue is that we're violating the law of God. Ultimately, yeah. right? If we if we cannot go there, ultimately you cannot win. It will be a subjective issue, and and so then it will just be a matter of what's mo- most popular, or at least what the powers that be want, um, and that's that's the problem.
1: Some of the anti-human trafficking scientists talk about how because children and really up to something like 24, 25, 26, you don't have a fully formed prefrontal cortex, that amygdala, the way that it's sort of, you know, is described as sort of opening and closing, it doesn't really open and close like some sort of alien, but um, the way that it allows information in or sort of, you know, blocks the mind from some information, suggests that pornography to minors is actually trauma, Mm. because they can't do what adults can do, which is sort of like to put some sort it. of a mental block there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then of course, even in adults, there's all this stuff coming out about, I mean, forget the religion and the morality of it and even forget the way it affects your sex life, which it does. But now it's, they're looking at things like memory, being able to form new pathways in the brain. Like mm. it actually is messing with people's memories. Um, it's just insane. It's,
0: it is not good for it, you. It's crazy too, like how we're a sex crazed culture yeah. who, has less sex, fewer children, yep. less testosterone. I mean, everything about, like, sex. And, of course, we did a whole series on it not that long ago, and we talked about some of this. So go back and listen. But it's like it's worse. Mm-hmm. But we have more of it, you know? Well, this
1: is – that's a good segue to – my white pill thoughts on this are, one, I'm glad that people are fighting for this at all. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's yeah. – um, and, and we should continue to fight for it. And it's working in some states. Mm-hmm. And Pornhub is backing off awesome. I mean, it's a tiny step, but it's a step. Yeah. But, you know, when we think about the reason why we ought to fight for this, I can hear the masses of people. And by the way, a lot of the articles I looked up are are on the other side of things. And so they are talking about, oh, one for Pornhub. Yay. Like just celebrating it. And the idea is that the people that want this shut down were such prudes, were such Puritans. And what I would say, what I would encourage people to think about is that God wants us to fight to take this stuff down, not because he's a prude, but because he actually wants so much better for us, mm-hmm. right? Like he wants us to have a better life. He wants us to have mm-hmm. a better sex life, more better sex, married sex. Um, He wants people to have better memory, right? Be able to form new pathways in your brain to learn um, not to be stunted. He wants us to have better relationships. Um, He wants us to have less sex trafficking, less oppression of the weak, right? I mean. Talk about a place where Marxism has not gotten to yet. It's porn because yeah. th- that's that's all of the week. It's children. It's minorities. It's women that are slight in size. I mean, this is that's who's being used. And I mean, it's super gross. But I guess the white pill idea here is that God wants us to have a really good and abundant yeah. life where we use his gifts the right way so that they are the best. Um, and this is just perverting all of that. Uh, so – that's all I got. I mean, yeah. it's really – yeah, it's, it's kind of gross. And I don't know where this stands. I kept trying to find – so the judge blocked it, but then it's appealing. So I don't know like where we are. Like in three years,
0: are. maybe we'll get some resolution on I it I don't or know. Something. If Louisiana <laughs> can do it, we should be
1: able to do it,
3: right? Yeah.
0: Uh,
1: you
3: know, a unifying thread again through all of this when we talked about the issue of authority. But in terms of white pill uh, is the stark contrast between right and wrong that we are observing in the culture. Mm-hmm. And the fact that there are those who are saying, no, no, this is right when it's clearly wrong. Yeah. Um, you know, this is, th- there is peace when there is no peace. This is good when it's bad. Mm-hmm. It, it is such a a blessing to the church because we don't have to be tempted hmm. with the idea of, well, maybe there is something to this. No, yeah. there's nothing to this. You can see it clearly, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Which also means that we'll be without excuse, yeah. right, if we pursue that. So uh, I think it fortifies the resolve of the church it may be because we need it. It may be that there's hard things coming. But it's good to know what the right path is that we must walk on. You can rest the in Lord. that. You yeah. can. You yeah. can. And so that I think that that's a white pill that goes through all of this. It's not, you know, if we used to talk about, well, you know, let's say the death penalty. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, you know, there might be some good arguments, biblical arguments mm-hmm. why the death penalty might be a wrong thing. Mm-hmm. There might be good biblical arguments where the death penalty is is a good thing. Yeah. Right. So there you could you could debate. this. That's not the sword's of thing mm-hmm. that we're de- debating. Right. That's right.
0: right. So anyway, that could, that's yeah. a blessing, I think. Yeah. All right. Where can people find you?
1: Everywhere. I'm <laughs> um, on social media, but you can find out everything about Theology on Tap uh, at HoustonTOT.com. And if you're listening live right now, we have an event on Tuesday that's going to be so much fun. We'll put so it out. To, we'll put
0: this out like tomorrow. Yeah, it's kind of a to, bonus anyway. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Awesome.
1: So HoustonTOT.com, you can find out about our upcoming fundraisers and events and all the fun.
2: Cool.
0: Yeah. Sarah Garment Stone on Facebook. Where <laughs> yes. are you
2: at? I so I have a Facebook account, Twitter account. Say your name again. Um Julio Rodriguez. I think my handle is Julio Thank O R O D G Z. I think it might be. Um yeah, follow. Cool. Cool. <laughs> follow. Whatever. Oh my <laughs> Whatever God. The is, kids. is
0: your website off the ground yet?
2: The what? Protestant, Protestant pen? Yeah, yeah. It is. Okay. Well, you but give is, a shout it, out but it's it's quite it's not there yet yes. okay 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 yes. all right
0: <laughs>
3: now, Juan Carlos Martinez I'm 46 I have no idea what he just said about just
1: <laughs> like
3: that. so uh, I don't know ask, ask Sarah but if you're looking I was going to
1: say if you're looking for him on Facebook don't look for Juan Carlos Martinez <laughs> that's right look for Juan Carlos Martinez Chapa
3: Chapa Yes. Oh, that's right yes yeah, the, the benefits of
2: you're going uh, to get tons of Juan Carlos Martinez, Martinez Chapa.
3: yeah right. you will oh, okay. yeah. look yes, for me on Facebook I don't have anything
0: else okay cool uh, I'm Evan McClanahan. I'm, at, I'm here at First Lutheran, flhouston.org. That's fine. I'm on Facebook, too, but don't use it very much anymore. It's, I don't know. It's kind of boring, I guess. I don't like to argue anymore as much as I You don't have do,
2: TikTok so. or?
0: I'm, I'm on Twitter, t- but just to follow that people. that Evan does TikTok. So. What's Twitter? You mean X. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I know that. Are <laughs> we dead naming name is here? Twitter We're Dead, naming. Oh,
1: dead naming. oh, my god.
0: <laughs> okay thanks y'all for for watching if you're watching live uh if you're listening on the podcast subscribe if you haven't or subscribe to our youtube channel too that helps we're trying to get up to like a thousand so you know we can kind of start reaching some you know milestones and and give us some feedback on this format if you guys like it more i noticed more people listen to this than the surrounding ep- episodes last Oh, interesting. So so if you like this, let us know. If you don't, or if there's some topics we should cover, let us know, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, thanks for listening. Until next time, we encourage you to question freely, think deeply, and disagree as needed.